All right, hey guys, and welcome to the Three Drinks In podcast, episode number 234. I'm your host, Vince. Over there is your host, Phil. Hey. <laughs> Over there is your host, Phil. Hey. All right, in this episode, we are talking about The Batman, starring Robert, Robert Pattinson, blah, blah, Zoe Kravitz, and Jeffrey Wright. But before we get started, we want to ask you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Please try and leave a five-star rating or even a review. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at 3DrinksInPod. You can like us on Facebook, and you can email us at 3DrinksInPodcast at gmail.com. And lastly, don't forget to check out our merchandise store over there at tpublic.com. All right. The Batman. Batman. Not to be confused with Batman, Batman. <laughs> which is a different movie that's almost 40 years old. Or the one, what's the one from with Adam West called? Batman the movie? <laughs> Interesting how they just called <laughs> Batman the movie. Because back then it was like we, they had to be specific. You know, yeah. it's this, the motion, like, like Star Trek, the motion picture. Like we're we're fancy, we say the motion picture. In case you weren't, you know, not like you could watch TV episodes on VHS back then, anyway. Yeah. So. so. But the Batman, and I was all I can think of is the Ohio State University, which is I, I don't know why they. I was told once why they call it that, but I forgot because it was probably pretty silly or rather trivial. I'm sure, they're very proud of themselves. Oh gosh, yes. Well, it's Ohio. What else do you have going for you? You know, I don't know. I've been there. There's not a lot going on. I haven't been. I'm okay with this. I see no like. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is there. It's okay, nice. there's that. Like, what's a what's a thing in Ohio? I don't. I couldn't think of anything. Like, I there's almost a reason for me to go to pretty much every state. Right. It's like some of them are kind of obvious. You know, and there's just there's always every state has something to offer, but I really until you said that just now, I could not for the life of me think of a reason to go to Ohio. <laughs> just it couldn't. So there's a museum in Ohio that has to do with with, with rock and roll. We'll just we'll we'll write that down. They got they got some football teams. They do. I don't know. I don't love football, but anyway. Anyway. This is not a podcast about Ohio. <laughs> it would be very short. <laughs> yes, it would. So, uh, so the Batman, starring uh, Cedric Diggory. Yeah. So, what did you think of the Batman? Uh the Batman. I, 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 I think a lot of things about it. <laughs> Because there's a lot. Good thing we're here. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot that goes on in this movie um, for a long time. Really, three hours is 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 not a short stretch of time. Um, it's mostly not good. It's not bad. It's not like it's a bad movie. It's competently shot. It's pretty well acted. The script is 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 kind of a mess in terms of its structure. Um I'm trying to formulate like a coherent opinion about it for the last 
I don't know, 24 hours, and it's not a coherent movie in some respects. And so it's sort of made it harder. But I, I think, and we'll, like, we'll get to some of the things I liked about or things I thought were interesting and, and, and different, which, you know, there were things about this that were different, and I appreciated what they were. But the thing that kind of bugs me was that they wanted to make a mystery story like a mystery thriller type film you know with batman as the veneer all right fine that's different i i appreciated that cuz when i first saw the trailers i was just like oh for the love of god and like we we watched ben affleck really go to town murdering people in um batman v superman or whichever one that was where everyone kind of went and got upset on the internet about, oh, Batman doesn't kill people. He's clearly murdering those guys. And I was just like, yeah, okay. I guess that's a reason not to like it, but I I was hard-pressed to agree. But seeing this, it just looked so dour and so brutal. And I was like, I, I don't want to sit there and watch another Batman movie. This one turned up to 11. But then, but then you told me, like, oh, no, this is different. They, they actually, you know, they... They take the, you know, world's greatest detective point of view with him and, and go with that. And I was like, all right, well, that's true. Then I'll go for it. And they did. And that was better because it was different. And I appreciated that. But what I felt that this movie was missing was like the first part of the mystery detective story where you meet all the characters that are either going to be killed or going to be suspects. And you learn a bit about them independent of the crime. And then you spend the whole movie, you know, watching someone try to figure out the whodunit. And, you know, Knives Out did this well a couple of years ago, where you meet all the people in the family. They're all jerks. They've all got a motive. The You know, the guy ends up dead. And um, J- James Bond has to come in, and I couldn't think of his name, <laughs> has to come in and, you know, figure out, who done it based on the information and it's fun for the audience because they get to use what the movie gave them to figure it out hopefully before the uh, the the actual plot unfolds they were trying to do that with this make it a who done it constantly raise the stakes you know every time you know you 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 met somebody you know they, he would look into it further and they'd go no we can't tell him the truth it'll tear the city apart and first off, I'm like, well, look, the city's already a dump. Like, it, it isn't like at the beginning of Batman, or not Batman, um, The Dark Knight Rises when the city supposedly has been solved by the dent laws and everything's nice and turns out that it's really just, you know, a fresh coat of paint and it's actually rotting underneath. You know, the city is a hellhole. I mean, my God. And all, all the people in it are all corrupt. So I didn't feel like there was any kind of big surprises that were coming because I didn't know who all these characters were. They all seemed highly plausible to be corrupt <laughs> officials. And it's sort of like, you know, you you kind of didn't... I mean, yeah, I think even Catwoman says it. Like, we're all kind of rooting for the guy to murder all, all the corrupt people because they're all corrupt. Like, what what do we care? It's not the right thing to do, but, you know, he's not murdering innocent people. So, like... I just felt that there was this whole element of mystery storytelling that wasn't being served by the fact that 
the big reveal, and I, and I and I knew this as it was as it was, it, it was it was unfolding. Like the Riddler isn't going to turn out to be anyone I know, and the and the people who are getting it from the Riddler aren't going to be undeserving of it. Batman even says so. He's, he, you know, Gordon asks him, "Why isn't he going to go after me?" He goes, "Because you're not dishonest." It's like, oh, okay. So the parameters are pretty well established here, and I'm not worried about anybody at that point. So I think that's my main complaint. Besides the fact that it was three hours long and it really didn't need to be, and you know there was a kind of a shoehorn thing at the end to make it more dramatic, and there's a lot of political stuff that was subtle, not subtle about you know. Both the you know the superficial nature of some of the characters who are barely in the movie and about Batman in general, but we can kind of get into that later. But but yeah, no, I didn't think this was particularly good. But but it had some positives. But but overall, that was the overarching thing. It was like if you're gonna make a like a murder mystery like Seven, which they said like Matt Reeves used David Fincher as an example for what to do. Like Seven's not a murder mystery. It's you know it's a serial serial killer movie. It's just like stop the guy before he he keeps going, and his victims, while they serve a function to the to the story, they don't have like a connection per se beyond what's in the crazy guy's head. In this case, they do, and the connection is supposed to be a big reveal, and it kind of is. But the big reveal that Batman's dad, spoilers, was kind of mixed up in some of the seedier underbelly gets just deflated by Alfred four seconds later. He's like, well, yes, he did kind of do that, but he felt really bad about it. And he tried to do the right thing, and it got him killed, we think, maybe. And yeah, yeah, that's that's just kind of weak tea. So what did you think? I liked it. All right. Um, you know, I'm not saying it didn't have all these problems that you're mentioning. Um, it was way too long. Um, and I think a lot of the political stuff is muddled, you know, to the point where it's not incoherent, but it's so obviously a stand in for like whatever you want it to be that it's, it loses some effectiveness. Um, but I, I thought it was good because it was attempting to do something different. And like, I'm seeing all these things online. They're like, what's the point of another Batman? The point of another Batman movie is to make money. Um, Why this Batman after the Ben Affleck thing? And then, you know, like I'm the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, I don't really know what they're doing. And you know what? That's okay. Cause at this point I've kind of shrugged when it comes to these things, like, what timeline are we in? Is it the same universe? I don't know. It, it doesn't really matter to me anymore because they obviously don't seem to care either. So why should <laughs> no. I? Um, murder mysteries are really, really tough. And you're right. This one's not a murder mystery. It's supposed to be, can we stop the crazy lunatic before he keeps going on his crazy lunatic plan? Um. And Riddler stories are really hard to do. Um, the guys in the animated series, 
when you can't not help talk about that because it's probably the best depiction of most of these things. You know, out of 120 episodes or whatever they ever did, there's only three Riddler episodes because they it? they would yeah. I mean, he's oh he makes cameos and other things, but you know, they would say in behind the scenes, you know, we couldn't come up with anything good enough. It was hard to do those things. And every time we were like, I think we should do a Riddler episode, they were like, oh no, like. <laughs> Like they'd have to hang their heads and like hire a guy to come up with the riddles because the riddles were tough. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you don't have a mind for that, it's really, really difficult. And it's really tough to give up an explanation as to why he's even doing that. Why are you leaving clues for the guy to catch you? You know, which uh, they do a good job in the animated series. And I think the Arkham games did a good job with that too, where like, the point is to see if you can outsmart someone you think is trying to challenge you in the, in the brains department, you know, like that's about as good an explanation as I can think of, you know, I'm not going to leave this clue so we can come, you know, arrest me. That's stupid normally. So I did a good job with this one as to why he would leave all these clues, you know, it, it ties together nicely at the end when they like have that talk in the jail about how, the Riddler is so crazy. He sort of looks at it like, well, you were helping me. We were yeah. working together on that. That, that, that was a good angle. And I did, I did not see that coming. And yeah. it was set up pretty well. Cause he was saying Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne. And you think that the whole point, that was the only time I was truly faked by it, but where, where you think the whole point is that he, he thinks he, you know, Batman thinks he knows that he's Bruce Wayne. Turns out yeah. he goes, no, we didn't get him, but we got the we, we got the rest of them. I was like, oh, okay, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, that's a that's a good scene, and 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 the fact that he looks at him like I needed you to 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 solve the riddles because I needed you in certain places, and you know, like all right, that makes sense as much as I I like that idea. I like the Riddler a lot. I think he he is hard to use, but when you use him right, it's really fun to watch. Like like puzzles are fun like that, you know. Um, I like uh, Zoe Kravitz. I thought mm-hmm. she was pretty good. Yep. You know, they they did a good job with her. That you know, Catwoman is also like one of those characters where you can kind of shrug and go, "Well, this could be good," or like, "This could be so dumb." Yeah, the character has an unfortunate track record in the in the cinema. Uh, yeah, so she did. She had a lot of good scenes with him, where they were. They wanted the same things, but, you know, she's willing to do things he's not. It's, there's that constant tension that they have. And it was nice to see him not if not fall for her, at least be attracted to her. You don't see that in a lot of Marvel movies and even some of these other Snyder movies where, like, here's impossibly good-looking people in impossibly tight spandex, and they're all just ignoring the fact that they're in those outfits. <laughs> you know, he, he's still a human being, so... You know, they had a good repartee. Yeah. And uh, Jeffrey Wright was good. Because Jeffrey Wright's good in everything. <laughs> Doing yeoman's work. I mean, Commissioner Gordon is a is like a thankless job in yeah. terms of the actor and, and the role he's playing. Because you have to be the straight man to a more ridiculous straight man. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, I know. 
Yeah, you got to stand there and act like everything is totally normal. Because even all the other cops were like, can you believe the nonsense we're looking at here? And Jeffrey Wright's like, it's cool, man. Just let him yeah. do his thing in this outfit. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's not it's not easy to stand there next to that guy and go, this is, I'm putting my career on the line for this guy. My uh, pension yeah. is hanging in the balance. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Over the guy in the cape. He's wearing a cape. That's right. Yeah. He'd be down in records right now, but here I am <laughs> taking punches. Down, down in records. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I thought all the aesthetics and the acting and all and all that stuff was pretty good. Uh, it, I think it went a long way towards easing the fact that it was three hours. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really well acted. I I will, I will absolutely give that. And um, I mean, I liked the fact that they had a very different sort of. I mean, it was a little over dramatic, but that's okay. That's fine. But they had a very interesting way of depicting him interacting with people. And like, you know, in in Christopher Nolan's Batman, he's a ninja. He comes and goes and moves like the night. And you can't, you know, it's, it's sort of, it's fun that like, you know, someone kind of turns their head and looks back and he's gone. Like, that's interesting. But at the same time, it's it doesn't do a lot for, for a scene. But to have him just walking around... As if he's like, you know, and he's a pariah. Nobody wants him there, but he's not shy. Like, he's not, like, letting people not see him. When he goes to to, to the Penguins Club, he just knocks on the door. Like, he doesn't, like, you know, there's no sneaking in. It's just like, hi, I'd like to talk to the Penguin, please. (laughs) And then, like, they won't let him in. He fights his way in. And then they have a conversation, and he's de- doing detective work as if he's just like a, like a cop on the beat. And I thought that's really interesting, and every, like, and it sort of speaks to how insane the city is. The setting is informed by that because like everyone thinks he's nuts, but not that nuts, <laughs> you know. Like it's so like you know it's just it's sort of par for the course here. Yeah, well, he he exists within that within that world, and he does a good job of that, you know. Yeah, and I mean he's in the costume like ninety percent of the film. It's always at night. He's always in the suit. It's always raining. Yeah, it's always dark or misty and raining. I mean that was a the choice to the the movie is about him and not Bruce Wayne, which I which I like because you know somebody had told me once that um, you know in reality you know Batman is actually rather Bruce Wayne is the costume. And Batman is actually the real person. I mean, he's he's really that insane that like you, you know. It's like one of the things I I loved about Kevin uh, Kevin Conroy doing the voice in the animated series was that he had a very different voice for Bruce Wayne. And whenever, so like, if there was a scene with Batman, he had like the the Batman voice. Alfred, get me this. It's all gruff and gravelly. And then when you know, he had to be Bruce Wayne. He would, hi, I'm Bruce Wayne. And it would be much clearer. And, but, and this was a very clever choice. When he was dressed up as Bruce Wayne, talking to some, to, to somebody, and that person would leave the room and Alfred would come in, he would go back to the Batman voice because that was yeah. his real voice. And I always thought that that was a, you know, a very subtle, but very important choice. And, and it's, 
this is kind of the same thing, and they don't bother to show him in you know regular old Bruce Wayne gear because th- that does two things: it puts the focus on Batman, and that's who the movie's about. But it also brings an aura of sort of mystique to Bruce Wayne. Like I thought it was it was it was interesting how like at the end of the movie when Bruce Wayne goes to talk to John Turturro, he knocks on the door and they're in awe of him as Bruce Wayne. When Batman comes to the door, they laugh in his face. Like that was not an accident that you had those 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 two scenes juxtaposed to each other. So like he carries more weight around town as Bruce Wayne, but he's certainly way more dangerous as Batman. Yeah. And it was an interesting sort of um, uh, you know dichotomy that that they drew attention to. I'm also glad that, that, that there wasn't too much time as Bruce Wayne because I, there was something about Pattinson's emo-ishness that definitely worked for this movie, but I don't know. It sort of threw me off. I guess because he was like, I'm, I'm used to seeing Batman as pretty jacked and you know picking up giant tires and doing all the things that. Ben Affleck did to get in shape for it, and you know this, he doesn't look like that. He's you know he relies a lot more on the suit. I think you know he's certainly got skills, you know, but yeah, because he's he, he's not hulking. He takes a lot. Yeah, he takes more hits. I I like that about yeah about that and that like I mean if there's one thing the Arkham games did to ruin some of that was that he was this. Superman ninja character that could literally fly across the screen in a half circle with his fist out. Like, <laughs> like there were, we, you, you and I used to play it together. We, we challenge ourselves in some of those levels and we'd look at each other like, that's just physically not possible. Like what, he, what he's doing here is, is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, and the Nolan movies took that to extremes as well. So like in this one, he gets shot a lot and he takes hits a lot. And like, it, no matter what shape you're in, if you're going to be in a kind of world like that, he's not going to be this invincible character. He's going to take hits every so often. And and it informs him in the character in terms of like getting punched in the face or shot with a shotgun. He's still going to keep going despite the risk and the danger. And, you know, like if you, if you hit him in the chin, he's pretty, he's pretty vulnerable. Like it's not like he's invincible. It's just, you know, it's just a, you know, um, leather mask it isn't it's not bulletproof. right like he's not wearing the like the the armor like it's not like armor in terms of like it's not impenetrable so. well the front of it definitely was that like this suit well, yeah that uh, part is yeah but the head but like piece in, is just like in the dark night when he gets knocked out and like one of the thugs tries to get the mask off and it like zaps him oh like, yeah he, he's not wearing that yeah so i I don't like this this thing about Bruce Wayne. And then there, I know there are some comics that show him as like the crazed loner who sits alone in the cave. You know, he never goes out. And he has no life. I don't. Uh, no one did that with his. I don't like that idea. Only because you're showing me this person whose only goal is to save the city and do what it takes to bring down corruption and thugs and all that kind of stuff. Why would he not use his vast wealth to 
to do the many things that he can do. As you always see those dumb memes online, like if Batman really wanted to save the world instead of beating up goons, you know, he'd start an orphanage or donate to a hospital or, or pay his employees more. He does do those things. As Bruce Wayne, why not do everything you can do in all capacities, which is what he does in most in most examples. You know, so there's there's the guy who goes out at night and beats up thugs and goons. And then there's the guy who's the philanthropic kind. And, you know, he starts charities and he gives old goons whose arms and clavicles that he breaks, you know, work release programs in his in his companies and things like that. Like he's trying to reform the city and like. Christopher Nolan did that where like obviously Batman was the real side of him, but he'd also decided that Bruce Wayne should be this raging entitled asshole and that nobody wants to be around to sort of like draw away suspicion. But you can also be a good person that also draws away suspicion because no one's <laughs> going to think you're the ninja who's beating up people in the middle of the night <laughs> because you're busy, you know, writing checks to people. So, yeah. I I, think I, I just the, don't. Know. Good, good. My other part, my other point with that is that, and it's a down downside to this film. When you're only focusing on Batman, who cares what happens to Bruce Wayne? Because they're not interested in showing any side to him either. Like they have all this talk about his dad and the welfare programs they were running, the billion dollar slush fund it became, and all this stuff. I don't care about that because he doesn't care about that at all. Yeah. Like the people come up to him, like, you know, you're not doing anything philanthropic for the city. You never come out. You're a recluse. What about your board of directors? And he just struggles. He goes, I don't care. Okay. So then why do I care that these gangsters took over his money and, and were using it for bad things or that his father was trying to run for mayor and then he, he got shot. If he doesn't care, then why should I? It, it, we're only seeing things from the Batman and the city's point of view. It's not personal anymore. Yeah. And I think that's what like the, the big reveal was, you know, was that the, you know, I mean, there was some, there was something in there about his mother being crazy, which I don't know if that was a thing from some of these comic book from these books that I never read. Um, although I was, is it a thing that he marries in an Arkham? That's like, and yeah, some of them they are. That's a more recent thing. Yeah, it's kind of. I mean, I can't tell how much of this is retcon for the movie and how much of this is, you know, retcon from a comic book that just, which is what they do, is they just decide to re, to, re, 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 to, re, to rewrite history to make things more interesting and to give other avenues of uh, of story. But yeah, no, he didn't care about any of that, and you're right, as like nobody else really. So when, when like the big bomb gets dropped, that his father was kind of involved with organized crime in some way, and they kind of got their hands on that, you know, billion dollars of unregulated and you know non overseen funds. It was kind of like, well. All right, yeah, but like the city was a dump before that. It became a bigger dump because of it. And yeah, it's. Yeah, I mean, that's a plot line that it's supposed to be a big thing, this renewal thing they keep talking about. Because it's, it, all the gangsters' plots hinge on that. 
It's access to money that no one's checking. And it's, it's the whole cause of the Riddler because the money that was supposed to be helping poor people isn't going to them, you know, and he's got files on it in his office and home too, but like it gets dropped really quickly because once it becomes clear, like the motivations of the the mobsters and what happened to his dad, they stop talking about it, you know, like the responsibility for everything that they should have done sort of disappears. We're supposed to help these poor people and we didn't. And he like takes no responsibility for that. There's no catharsis to the end of that plot line in that, in this movie, which I don't understand why, I guess because the city was being bombed and flooded, but you know, whatever. Well, right. I mean, like, yeah, that, that whole thing kind of gets tied up in a bow when they shoot John Turturro, which I guess like that was the whole thing. Was it like he was just trying to get him outside because it was impossible to get him but that's not entirely true because you see him get outside at the funeral. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be that Bat- Batman was supposed to get him. Like, they were supposed to get all of them. Because he does mention at the end, like, we were all supposed to, supposed to get Bruce Wayne and we didn't get him. But I wanted I wanted you to bring it out, you know. I mean, I guess I could just bomb the, the building at any point anyway. But I wanted him to know that he was going down. Yeah, because that was the thing. Like he walks out and he goes, "These cops work for me," and he goes, "No, they don't." And then, boom, that's when he gets shot. Yeah. All right. The other thing that I I, I was I heard somebody mention that that was was kind of true, and I like I, I thought about this early on, and like one of the things that you discover about Batman in the movie The Dark Knight was that Batman doesn't make things better necessarily he you know so like you know alfred outlines it to him and says that like you know you 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 brought instability to their like to the you know the to the world of of organized crime and they turned to a man they, they didn't understand to get rid of you and turns out that was a huge mistake because that guy wasn't the joker was an absolute maniac um and the whole point is that Bruce Wayne is supposed to be conflicted. Do I continue to be Batman if being Batman is going to make things worse, if not better? Am I better off just being Bruce Wayne and doing things that way? So that you know was a source of internal conflict for the character. Here you sort of see the same thing, whereas like Batman's you know not making things better; he's actually making things worse by doing what he's doing in general like there's nothing you know he runs around the city he has no effects he's not he's not going after the real problems he's just fighting small time hoods running around doing some detective work but not much and you know it takes the murder of the mayor for him to really you know go out and investigate some of the big wig type things and then i don't know just i i get the sense that there was sort of a a because he, he says it at the end, like, maybe I've been doing this all wrong as he's putting people into helicopters after the flood. And, you know, he's 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 questioning, you know, the validity of what he's doing as the the new, you know, Afro-Latin mayor is standing on top of, you know, Madison Square Garden, you know, promising that they're going to, re, you know, re, re, rebuild the city. And sort of taking a backseat to to that, and so like the 
sudden change of the plot for the third half of the movie. Um, third half? The third half. That's <laughs> what it felt like. It felt like three halves. Um, you know, when, oh, by the way, that thing that we mentioned very briefly in the first act of the movie where we said, oh, there's a seawall. That's important. And global warming is still a problem. And this guy just puts a bunch of bombs and trucks around the city and they all go off at the same time and the whole place gets flooded and everybody dies. And, you know, like, you know, at the end of it, the ins- the inspiring message is not that we're all like, you know, at, at the end of, you know, the 1989 Batman, the inspiring image is him at the end going like, we're going to look to Batman to save us. And we got the signal and the whole thing. And, you know, at the end of Dark Knight, he's running off into the, the light. It's like, you know, the hero we need him to be right now, whatever the hell that line was. Here it's just like, yeah, maybe I'm doing this wrong. I should stop. And I got to rethink some stuff. And this is harder well, I, and more complex than I thought. I think it was that he's not, it's not that he's doing it wrong, but like he's described, and like he described, they call him vengeance a whole bunch of times. Like he's describing himself and he lets people know that I'm the guy who comes and gets you when you've been doing something wrong. Whereas like, I think he realizes like, that's not a good message to be sending. I'm supposed to be helping people like, Mm. and like they show that at the end when he goes to like, they're in, clearly they're in Madison square garden and it's flooding and he jumps down into the water with the flare and he goes and he like pulls them out of the water and he starts to lead them out of the water with the light. Like he's and it's like, you know, it's a good image, totally symbolic. He's got the, the flare and he's leading them out of danger. So he's supposed to be more of like hope than vengeance that's when he kind of realizes like i'm supposed to be something that like people want to look forward to not they don't want to be like afraid of me all the time you know would have been nice if he got to that earlier but you know he's not (laughs) wrong because they all kind of look at him like he's nuts throughout the whole movie like well this is the psychopath who runs around you know but if you can show them that he's doing a good thing then then he's done his job instead of making it worse yeah I guess so. I mean, like, I, although I think there is merit in both, and like both, and and all the franchises have sort of touched on that. Like, he's supposed to be scary, you know. That's what makes him interesting. I mean, there was even a, the great little four-second scene in one of the Dark Knights where, you know, the guy's about to do a drug deal, looks up, sees the bat symbol, goes, "You know what? Never mind." And he's like, "Oh, come on! You got better odds of, of like winning the Powerball than running into him." Like that was a good line, I thought too, because like it shows you that people are terrified of things, and some guys don't take it seriously, and some guys do. And like here, it was so overdramatic. Like there was no, you know, it it, it seemed so ridiculous because he it, it was like you know coming out of the complete darkness to beat the crap out of guys and things like that. I like that though in the beginning because like they were showing people like vandalizing and stuff and they'd like look behind them and they wouldn't be able to see in the dark and they, they would just get spooked because he might be there. Yeah, I like that too. And I like at the, yeah. So like changing it at the end to have him be a symbol of hope is like, okay, but you're going to have to do both. Like you can't do this not and not be scary. And Yeah, I, I think that's going to happen. You see, he still has to beat up thugs. That's true. It's just... I don't know. It seemed a little laid on kind of thick there at the end. 
Well, there was nothing subtle about the film. <laughs> so, no, no, there was not. Um, what'd you think of uh, Colin Farrell? Um, did you know he was sure. even in the movie? I mean, yeah, I mean, he did. A, he was doing the worst De Niro impression I've ever seen. But okay, fine. Because he, because he, he's getting a spinoff, I believe. I know, and and that's the only reason he was there, which was annoying. Like yeah, he, he could have been anybody, much. but he was basically a cameo. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure what that spinoff was going to be about. I don't know, and when they tell me that, I always shrug. Like, has there ever been a really good Batman spinoff? They had a whole show on Fox about like the place before Batman was Batman. And I was like, is anybody watching this? It's just a cop show with weirdos in it. Like at that point, nobody wants to see that. Yeah. I found that really silly. That show. Like it was, Oh, that show was awful. It was extremely obvious. Like whenever I would turn it on and I would like, Oh look, here's Mr. Nigma. I'm like, Oh my God. Is that? Yeah. It was hard. It was hard to watch that show. Yeah. It's not a, because like you know, and so I I think one of the things that that show does that this movie also kind of does too, is it uses audience expectations to you know, to sort of like falsely raise the stakes for things, because like big reveals of people are not like you know, going going back to the whole like you know murder mystery aspect of that of it they were trying to achieve. Like you're not gonna surprise the audience with someone that they know, unless the audience already knows these these characters already. So like we know it's the it's the Riddler. That's why it's kind of interesting. If it was any other type of, of franchise, like like the, the, without the franchise element to the film, it doesn't work. And sometimes you can take a you know a simple concept like a style of film slap some, you know, pre- pre-existing IP on top of it and you've got a great movie. Die Hard 3 is the best example of this. That wasn't supposed to be a Die Hard film. It was a Mad Bomber movie. And they went, hey, what if the guy was John McClane? Brilliant. And they, they worked in some nonsense about Jeremy Irons' character was actually Hans Gruber's brother. But it didn't matter. And they actually leaned into that hard by making it like not matter at all because they were there just to steal the money not to bother John McClane. So, but like, so they, they took a concept, they slapped Batman on on, on top of it and they were like, well, what if the big reveal is that so-and-so is so-and-so? And like, that's only a big reveal if you as the audience are looking for cameos for things. You know, like, that's that's not quite the same thing is there actually being a surprise someone you know like a character you know from from earlier in the film who turns, who turns out who turns out to be bad or you know they could have gone farther with the whole bruce wayne and his parents thing if they really wanted to you know but right they didn't. like you could you could feel them pulling back and, and being like well he can't be like this because our, our hero we all know our hero had a good father like it's just it's just too well known at this point yeah so like when they revealed like oh he didn't really do this I was like yeah of course he didn't like I'm not shocked at all yeah you know and and the Riddler's plan to to show that this guy's corrupt and then this guy's corrupt it's like yeah of course because 
I know it's Gotham City, and I know Gotham City is a cesspool of corruption. You know, there's literally only one person that Batman trusts, and that's Jim Gordon. You know, so like, there's no, there's no surprise or shock there. Yeah. So, I mean, it would have been, I feel, a lot more effective in general if they had set up the set, like the set up the city. To be just less scary. Like, if you're going to begin in the middle and not do the origin story, which is perfectly fine, I would rather you do that than not, then, you know, make it like he's successful. Not that he's not successful. Like make it look like Batman's cleaned up the streets. Like, all of a sudden, oh, look, there's less crime. Oh look, they you know they had a big drug bust. What what was the guy's the, the the drug bust they kept referring to as having having had happened recently, and that was what made the careers of all these these, these people. They, they busted one of the mobsters who was selling all those drugs. Can't can't think of his name. M Maroney. Marone. Oh yeah, because I mean, like they're all guys from the other movie. Like, That's Eric Roberts from the, from the other movie. Uh, yeah, because in this one they switched it. They you know they had two Italian. You know, generic Italian guys, and they just switched what they did. And, you know, they're basically trying out to get one another. So they talk a lot about that big drug bust. Yeah. But, like, but they were all so that, corrupt it didn't matter anyway. Like, what if that had worked and, like, it really cleaned up the city, but Batman kind of feels like something's not quite right? Like, this is like, and so, like, you know, he, he goes out to, like, the seedier parts of town and beats up the bad guys. But there's, you know, it's, uh, you know the, the veneer of, of um, I don't know, of a crime-free city, for, you know, that it's, it's not enough that Batman runs around and finding thugs to beat up. It's the Riddler coming out and saying, no, actually, everything is a lie. And, but, like, it's just, I don't know, like, that, I really feel that would have been a much stronger setup for this whole thing. If it looked like, you know, the cops were successful and it turns out that everyone's corrupt. If you show Gotham City not as a cesspool or like, you know, New York in the 70s, but New York in the, you know, mid 2000s, you know, or, you know, late 2000s. And when like, you know, it was after 9-11, but like the, the city was cleaned up tremendously. And it was like Disneyland and Times Square, everything's so clean. It turns out that, Underneath all that, the whole thing is rotten to the core. And that's what Batman is trying to figure out. It's what the Riddler exposes. See, I don't know if it would have made a difference because we all know that the setting is just so well known that it doesn't make a difference. But what if you make it look unfamiliar and you go, well, how did we get here? I think you'd just be sort of waiting. Like you'd just be like, all right, well, when are you going to tell me how this is all fake? Right. But Which is kind of how you look at it now, anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're waiting and you're you're, you're trying trying to figure out like you know when is the change going to come? But it's better than them telling you wait for the big reveal that doesn't reveal anything. Like nothing changes here either. Like the the guy with the thing on his neck basically says like I can't tell you. Like I am willing to kill myself. To protect this giant secret because it's so giant 
that it's also entirely believable all at the same time. Oh, look, the mob boss, you know, has everyone under his thumb. No kidding. He's a mob boss. That's what they do with their thumbs. And so it just, I don't know. The, the I was so disappointed and like waiting for a big surprise to, to happen and it never really does. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of takes the wind out of the sails a bit. And so I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. There's only so many mystery stories you can tell with a setting that's been shown the last 20 years over and over again. Yeah, and also like you're not getting, you're not able to set it up in such a way that like it's going to going to look different unless you really make it look different. Um I do think that like they they did go sufficiently far in like the city destruction thing. Like that's that that was kind of interesting that like oh by the way and it, it was a little shoehorned in there at the end but they did it they blew up the whole thing and the city re- really became you know venice and you know you, you got you know thoughts of you know uh, new orleans after uh, hurricane katrina and yeah they did that in batman begins but they didn't dramatize it well they just sort of mention it like this poor section of town that got vaporized with hallucinogenic water. You know, they just sort of mentioned like, well, that's no good. You can't go there anymore. But you don't see it really happen. You yeah. Know, there's this something one, ab- you, you see it. Yeah, there's something about the ends of these movies that feature citywide destruction. That there's really, it's very hard to end a movie when you do that. So, like... Batman or The Dark Knight Rises. I don't. I, the only thing I recall about the ending of that movie is he flies the atom bomb or whatever the hell it was out into the ocean and doesn't die for some reason and ends up, you know, in Florence sipping cappuccino. Uh, yeah. Well, like the city is supposed to be going under because like there's no bridges in and out, but it just looked the same as it always did anyway. So was yeah. Like, right. And like they, I was, I was surprised that they took that as far as they did. And that like, it becomes like, because the whole thing is like, the entire city becomes a bomb that they, you know, set up this weird kind of kangaroo courts. And there's really, it's, you know, it's like Deadwood. This is, it's, you know, there's, 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 there's no laws out there. It's just run by these, by, by these insane people. And, okay, fine. And, I mean, the worst offense of this, of course, is Man of Steel. Where they destroy half a city. And, like, at the end of the film, they're just in the newsroom. You know? And I think the best people to deal with this are actually the Marvel people. And then at, at the end of the Avengers, you know, they destroy a lot of the city, you know, at the, at the Battle of New York. And that becomes a thing for the next 15 years or 15 movies. Every movie, every TV show references that. Like it was yeah, a dramatic well, event that happened. and The difference between a good movie and a bad movie. <laughs> yeah. But like it's, it's only really, the only way you can pay that off is to make 15 more movies where it is referenced. You know, like. I didn't think much about it at the time, but ever since then there have been these giant movies that all have some kind of of giant, you know, big old catastrophe at the end 
and they don't have the opportunity in that first film to have a bit, you know, to have a real so, you know solid payoff for that and they don't take the the opportunity in subsequent films to do it whereas Marvel did so you both need a giant franchise to showcase the catastrophe over time and how the place heals but you also just need to start somewhere with it and you know, here at the end, like, you can see him, like, she drives off one way, he goes the other way, but, like, there's a shot of them overlooking the city and some bridges, and the people are kind of coming and going, like, this, it's regular traffic. You get some sense that life in the city is ground to a halt. They show you a few shots of diners and offices that are flooded and you can't get in there. But uh, there was one shot at the end with a lot of traffic in the background. I'm like, oh, huh, interesting. I wonder why they didn't edit that out, <laughs> you know, just... Make yeah. it look more like a ghost town. It's it, it it it's a nitpicky thing. I realize that, but it caught my eye. Like you you can't show me a place that's devoid of people because it's it's underwater. One second, and then two minutes later, show me like a different scene of the same place, and it looks busy. So it's a, but it's yeah, it, it it's a hard thing to pay off. But we we now look for it because Marvel did it so well with the Avengers. That you're 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 looking for well, how once they destroy your city, like how are they going to make that really kind of hit home and have some kind of lasting impact? So I don't know. So they're going to make another one, I I think. Oh yeah, I'm sure they'll make another one. Hopefully, it's not quite as long. Yeah, I was actually distracted by the amount of time. I don't think I've actually sat down to watch a three-hour movie in the theater on purpose before. Like, I just, like, I'm trying to think of this one that I went, like, this is going to be three hours. And so, like, I got a beer when I got there, but, like, I I, <laughs> I made sure I peed wherever I was that day. Like, I just <laughs> emptied out the whole tank. And then when I, you know, ordered my my pizza at the Alamo Draft House, I knew, and, and then I got, I got a Coke, I made sure I didn't put the straw in. I wouldn't drink it all too fast. Because <laughs> I just was worried about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I... I went with our buddy Greg and he got popcorn and a soda and I just looked at him and said, oh, I'm not getting any of that stuff because I don't want to get up in the middle of this movie. <laughs> I'm old now, so I don't, <laughs> no, we don't, I can't hold it like I used to. Um, the, the problem with the length is that it doesn't need to be that long. It's not like I don't like long movies either. You know, Avengers Endgame is longer than this and that's a great movie, but the length of this movie is baffling to me that nobody helped him with all the editing and all the cuts and stuff i mean there were scenes that i mean her sister said she heard it on npr where they were like this feels like the extended cut that they just released by by mistake and there's supposed to be a four-hour cut too that's silly <laughs> <laughs> because this this one's already too long for for a Two reasons. One of them is that there's scenes that don't need to be there at all. They felt like they were just there for trailers. Like what? There's a scene where he like when he pushes the desk out of the way, he spray paints on the floor and he like sets out all the murder <laughs> victims and he's like, What's the connection? They couldn't get him a board like a regular. Why didn't guy? he just get a board with some <laughs> string? And even if he'd had that. He doesn't say anything or do anything. He just stares at them. And then it just moves on to the next like scene. 
like I kept thinking, like, is he going to go back to that makeshift thing he had on the floor and start filling in the blanks, like in a crime procedural? But he didn't. He didn't do any of that stuff. It was just a scene to get his shirt off. Yeah, like, that was like, like why? <laughs> aren't you cold? It looks drafty in there. Isn't that after the bomb went off and half the thing was like missing a wall or something? Like, yeah. So I was like, well, this is a dumb scene that doesn't make any difference. And then the other more important one is that there are scenes that that double what they're already doing, or because they didn't get anything in them there's another extra scene. So what I mean is like, there's the scene where he wonders about his father. I think my father was involved in the mob somehow. And he goes and he talks to John Turturro, the mob boss who tells him, this is what happened. This is what I did. It sucks to find out your, your father's not your hero. Okay. The very next scene, he goes and talks to Alfred. (laughs) Yeah. Alfred says, this is what your father was doing. This is what happened. It sucks, but you can't trust anybody. And I'm sitting here going, we already learned this. We learned this already. And it's stupid for you to sit there and think that Bruce Wayne is going to listen to the mob boss over Alfred, his father figure. So like, there's no need to have an extra scene, a five minute scene with John Turturro. There just isn't. You get the same info out of both of them. And there's lots of scenes like that. Yeah. You know, and then you have other scenes where like um they're doing the same thing. So like when he's driving away with Catwoman and they're both going on the motorcycles and they already say that they're not gonna be together. She's gonna go off and do her thing. And they kind of play this like he's in front of her, then she's in front of him. And they get to the end and they pause and look at each other and then they drive off in separate directions. And then they have a scene where he looks back in the rearview mirror and watches her go. <laughs> It's like, I got it. You're separating. Why does this scene have to be five minutes? Yeah. If you do that throughout the entire movie, you could have cut half an hour. Yeah, there were there were shots that went on too long. There were just, you know, the the film was poorly structured, and it was it was I don't know who the editor was, but it was badly edited. Like, it did not need to linger like this, and. I get that there was like the slow pace was for dramatic effect. Everything about this moved slow. He like he walked slowly. You know, he didn't do anything quickly until he needed to hit somebody. And yeah, he walked real slow. I remember when he's like pulling out the card from it says to the Batman on it, and it's inside the cage with like a bat in the Riddler's lair. And he very slowly reaches in to pull the card out of the cage. And I'm yeah. just sitting here like, do something! Like just <laughs> grab it. <laughs> I know, like it. Yeah, I was. I, I was trying to think of the uh, of the scene that that that, and that was the one that it really hit me. Like, oh my god, just it, it's just a piece of paper. Just pick it up. Like, I don't yeah, understand no, what the slow. There's no bomb on this one. Just grab it. Yeah. So. So yeah, it's too long. It's, it's too long. long. Yeah. Well, it's not structured right. You're right. You know. That scene with the Riddler where he's confronting him in the jail cell and they're screaming at each other and he starts slamming the the plexiglass. And then the next scene is where he's like quietly investigating the Riddler's lair again. That that's not how that should go. Yeah, you're you don't killing go back all the, you're, there again. Like. You're killing all the momentum of a scene, you know? Like and a lot of scenes were like that. 
Yeah. Something would happen. Like remember when he was fleeing from the uh, police precinct and he jumps and he like, you know, he's gliding in the little squirrel suit and he hits the car and blah, blah, blah. It's this big action scene. And then like another scene or two later, he's just up on the roof talking to Gordon again. And just like, Oh my God, the momentum of these, of this movie start, starts and stops, starts and stops. It was, it was hard. Yeah. The, um, I just had something else in my head that was that was bugging me. This it's it's gone now. I forgot. But um, duh, I hate that. So yeah, I mean, I liked it. I I thought it was, I thought it was a decent movie. I don't think it was great. It was better than I thought it was going to be for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I mostly just appreciate the differences that it it you know like the tone it took was different. And, you know, looking at Batman like a detective is, that's a good way to go. Like, that's just, we need, we like the fight scenes. There weren't too many ridiculous action scenes. Everything kind of seemed grounded and real. You know, the car, the car was insane, but like, you know, it it wasn't like, you know, Michael Keaton's car, which was just ridiculous. Uh, Yeah, it just looked like a regular car from what you could see. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no, it's uh. What do you think of the guy playing the Riddler? Paul Dano. Uh, he was okay. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, the last Riddler you saw in, in person was uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah. You know, and that's a whole other thing. So, <laughs> you, you you know, you're not going to get that in this movie, which is I appreciated that they were not going for that. Yeah, you know, the the guys in the animated series always talked about how they didn't know what to do with him at first because um, the only examples they had of the Riddler was like Frank Gorshin, <laughs> and they were like. He's basically just the Joker in a green leotard with question marks on it. And like, well, we don't want to do that. We already have one uh, a character that way. So they made him like suave and sophisticated, but always kind of angry, like under the surface. Yeah. Which, which is kind of what I I saw in this one too, where like he can keep it together until something just sets him off, and then he just starts screaming at you. Oh, that like, was this the unpredictability. Other thing I was yeah. So like, I was, you you were saying before, it's like speaking of the uh, you know like the like the weird structure and how things started and stopped and like the whole thing at the end where he had an army <laughs> comes out of left freaking field like hired goons hired goons <laughs> yeah but like it's such a, a sort of proud boys you know dark yeah. recesses of the internet kind of thing and like it's it's very explicitly like this community has meant a lot to me and they're, you know, and like, it's not, it's not a ridiculous idea, but the whole third act of the movie comes out of nowhere. We're doing one thing for two hours and now we're doing a different thing altogether. That was the real plan. Like, okay. It just, yeah, it didn't, um, it seemed difficult to pull off in addition to pulling off the other difficult things he was doing the whole time. Like that was something that was said about the Joker in the dark Knight. Was that like a lot of what he was able to accomplish seemed really implausible. Like, where do you get that much dynamite and, you know, and, and gasoline and like setting up all these ridiculous, 
you know, choices for Batman to make. And there was some merit to those complaints, but at the same time, that movie was so, you know, and that character was so mysterious that, like, you didn't, it didn't really bother you that much. You know, you weren't, you, you got nothing. Like, I loved the scene of him sitting there in the jail cell. Like, all, all, all we found in his pockets were knives and lint. Like, there was, like, we got nothing on this guy. And he's, he's basically a ghost. And I liked that about that character. Like, rather than, you know, give a backstory to the Joker, they gave him nine. They're all lies. And this one, you know, the character is much more grounded. You know, he has a real backstory. The backstory is his motivation. And so if you're going to make your character real, all of a sudden having him pull off these ridiculously complicated murders with these, you know, big puzzles to be solved... Oh, and your your side hustle is also destroying the whole city and building an online army of people willing to murder for you. That's a pretty full plate right there. Yeah, I mean, I I don't. I thought it, I looked at it because like it was small. Like the Joker just has tons and tons of thugs, and you're not supposed to to think it too hard about where all that stuff comes from. But we're in this one. They're like, oh man, he's got like 500 followers. 500 people is not a lot of people. And the, the people who show up are only like demented, uh, like buckwheat, you know, hunter characters. Like they're really strange. There's only like eight or nine of them. There's, yeah, really there's not very a lot. few of them too. Yeah. So like, I think it helped feed into the delusion that this is a character who's not with it he's like mentally disturbed and he's thinks and thinks he's got more pull than he really has you know and that's what a lot of those people are like as well so it it felt plausible to me i mean it, plausible enough <laughs> so yeah. yeah i guess it just seemed a bit too grand and also it was a, it was a distraction from what, what was happening just a few minutes earlier so. Well, yeah, the, the the tone was a little jarring because it was so much more uh, apocalyptic compared to what they were doing earlier. Yeah. So. so, so yeah, would you recommend the Batman? I would. I think you should go see it. Yeah. You know, like Batman, you know. You like Batman. I had a friend ask me about it the other day. He's like, should I go to the actual theater? Should I try to get it? At, like, I don't know if you can watch it at home yet or not. But, um... I think he, I I couldn't tell if he, if he was waiting to like you know see it at home. I go, yeah, you might want to because he's got kids like me, and it's just like you can break it up into like three hour long chunks pretty easily. Like I actually thought that at one point, like oh that would be a good point to like go to bed and then wake up the next day and watch the rest of this movie or the next you know third of it. But um, but yeah, so, I mean like if you got the time, nothing to do, we should go. But if you if, if you can watch it at home, that's okay too. You're not. I I don't think it particularly benefits from being seen in the theater. Maybe the car chase scene, which was pretty good. Um, oh, I thought quite, the car chase scene wasn't good at all. Yeah, I I couldn't, I I couldn't the see vis- anything. Yeah, it was well, it was all shot from inside the car. Like that was unusual. Like they didn't sh- they didn't show you what was like it was all tight and you didn't get a grand sense of things. Which, yeah, you didn't see a whole lot of what was going on, so you were losing a, a sense of geography. But you were, you know, you were getting that frenetic sort of like claustrophobic aspect of it because it 
was a little atypical in that there wasn't a lot of open road for them to do all the chasing on. You know, it was it was tight and it was kind of crazy and you know, in some in some cases somewhat more realistic because like if it's raining in a city at night, there's traffic and so how do you have a car chase in traffic? Well, that's how. Yeah, well, and it, and it's scarier because you know, like, what do you do? There's not much you can do. You're in, you know, it's, things are blowing up, and that was people died. You know, like, you know, like when, the, when those trucks exploded, they the drivers perished. We should not, you know, be you know flippant about that. So, but uh, right, yeah. All right. Well, if you guys out there have any thoughts about the Batman that you want to share with us, and Tell us why we're right or why why we're wrong. Uh, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Three Drinks in Pod on both. You can find us on Facebook. You can email us. Don't forget to check out the merchandising store. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're, you're listening. Please leave ratings and reviews. They help a tremendous amount. Uh, anything else? I think that's it. All right. As always, please drink responsibly, and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.